0: right now, we have a very special guest on the phone, and we're going to bring him on right now. We've got C.J. Wilson. C.J., how are you?
1: Good, guys. Just uh, kind of hanging out in California right now, missing Coda a little bit.
0: Well, it was a gorgeous day in Austin. It would have been a great day to get out on the track on Coda because it was a beautiful, sunshiny Texas day, Uh, almost warm, like 60 degrees, but well, well, thank you for joining us on Speed City, C.J., and we are so excited to talk to you because we're jealous that you have already done a little racing for the season with some testing out at the Roar at the 24 out in Daytona and are about to to get rolling out there in a couple of weeks. Uh, but but you had some really good success at the Roar at the test. Tell us about that.
1: Yeah, so, you know, one, one of the cool things um, for us that we've been looking forward to uh, since we started working on the project was switching to Porsche for the... Uh, IMSA Continental Tire Series. So last year, we were in the MX-5s, and we won the championship, which is, you know, really exciting um, for us. And uh, we uh, had some great races towards the end, and I got to attend a couple of them, like the one at Coda and the one at Road Atlanta. And then, um, you know, announced that we're racing the Porsches, got the Porsches right before Christmas, kind of had to slam to take them apart, put them back together. we not really sure what was going to happen. And then the first couple laps we turned at Daytona, we looked at each other, and Andrus, who runs the team at, down in Austin, um, we looked at each other, and we just started laughing. We're like, holy crap, these things are fast. This is <laughs> awesome. Because for so long, you know, the, Daytona's a power track and a narrow track. Like, if you can run um, high horsepower there, or, you know, really trimmed out or something like that, then you can really get a high top speed, and it's such a long straightaway um, that... In the Miatas for the last three years, we've just been getting absolutely murdered in, in, in you know, the race. We'd finished 12th, 15th, 18th, something like that, and be happy, like, yay, nothing broke. Um, and then this year, right out of the gate, we, you know, were fast fast in our first session, and uh, it was pretty much one of the Mustang teams that has had their car for about a year and a half. Uh, and then us, you know, we're the two fastest teams all weekend, so... Um, A lot of success right out of the box, and uh, we're very excited to see what the car can do in in a full race pace.
0: Well, yeah, you obviously were fast. I went to the uh, the IMSA website for the Continental Sports Car Series uh, section, and you were were right there on the front page because you guys uh, had such great success. And uh, you know, how is it though this transition from obviously driving the Miatas last year to moving to the Porsches?
1: Yeah, it's a big difference because, you know, the – I mean, it's funny because there's a couple things that are similar and there's a couple things where it's just completely huge difference. We had to build our Miatas from scratch. So we bought a couple uh, cars down from my dealership in Chicago and um, then started tearing them apart, built them into, you know, Grand M level or ST level cup cars or whatever – and, um, you know, it took a long time. It took, I don't even know how many hours it took, you know, man hours to build each individual car. But we basically swiped the plastic with Porsche and the car showed up. It was totally different, you know. Um, and this car has PDK. It's got the, the you know, paddle shift transmission. Um, it's got an automatic... Uh, It's an ABS kind of switch, so you can cycle through different levels of ABS uh, interference depending on if it's rainy or if it's dry, if the tires are cold, if the air is cold. So you can kind of play with all this stuff. like I feel like a prototype driver or something. You're like, oh, I'm going to try level three for this corner and level (laughs) four for the next corner. Um, So it's a very sophisticated car. Um, The speeds are incredibly fast. We were doing 170, 171 miles an hour in a straight at Daytona whereas the highest we've ever gotten was in a draft in the miata like maybe 142 so to go about 30 miles an hour faster you know the first weekend um was a different experience for some of our drivers and for me too because i'd never i'd never really i'd driven the miata personally we and we raced it a little bit in the off season and then being able to take the porsche out at daytona and just flying through the banking and stuff was a fun experience for me but the car is a much lighter car than the Mustang or the Camaro that it's going to race it now. So in that sense, we have the same sort of handling advantage or platform advantage because we're the lighter car in the series. Um, the Mustangs are really they have so much torque. I mean, they have a 500 horsepower engine. So coming out of the corners, they really have an advantage. Um, but you know, we have a weight advantage. So at tracks like Laguna or Coda where there's a lot of curves um, or a, a large percentage of the track is curvy. But then we tend to have advantages of those tracks so it's been it's been really cool we've uh made a lot of adjustments on the cars and it, it's just a fun process it, you know it, like i said we got them right before christmas and it just felt like a christmas present it was really fun
0: <laughs> well i know you spent a lot of time at coda and if i'm not mistaken didn't you come to coda before we even had the very before the track had its first event and do a little uh, promotional things and, and give some rides here
1: yeah, it was great. Um, our race team being based down in Austin, um, we, we've been kind of campaigning on and off with, with Circuit of the Americas for years to just kind of be one of their PR wings and, like, help them out, and they help us out and things like that. Um, so once we found out they were building the track, we were really excited. Once they found out we are opening it, and they did, like, a ribbon-cutting thing. So they had the code Daytona prototype. They had GMG, I think, had a car there. Keating from Viper Exchange had a car there. Uh, we had our Miata there, and then they had a vintage Lotus Formula One car, and then a brand new Lotus Formula One car. So the whole, the whole like show was going to be that all these different cars are going to race on the track, you know, at some point, and that was going to be kind of the story. And then, but uh, the Mario Andretti was there to drive his vintage Formula One car, and then Patrick Dempsey was there, and they were going to get him behind the wheel of the uh, the newer Lotus F1 car. Um, but I, the, the the highlight for me was I got to drive on the track in a rental car, not just the street car, but see, let us take our <laughs> rental cars out. So I had this, like, Chevy Impala, so sorry, Budget, or whoever I rented that car from if it, it broke after that.
0: The tires but, are gone, uh, and the suspension's broken, uh, and the brakes are, the rotors are for sure fried.
1: For sure. It, we it, You know, we had a Chevy Impala rental car, and there was four of us in there, and um, we all looked at each other, and we we're like, all right, guys, this is never going to happen again, right? Like, we're about to go hoon, a rental car at Coda of all places. Like, no one's ever, none of the Formula One drivers have ever been there. No one's been here before. And, of course, one of the guys tries to take it flat through the first set of S's on the first lap and, you know, goes across the paint. And we all look at him like, you dummy, like, we told us to sit off the curbs. <laughs> they have the pain, they're trying to keep the track pretty. And
0: he's like, ah, you know? <laughs> I think you probably used a different word than dummy yeah. even. But, you know, CJ, yeah. I yeah. actually I have a story for you about that weekend. I met you that weekend and you took me around the track in a Miata, but we both had okay. helmets on. So I didn't even know who it was that was driving me around the track because they were just shuffling us from one, you know, one spot to another on the track. But, yeah, you were the one who took me on my very first trip around Coda in a race car.
1: Well, there you go. So you're welcome, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but you know, it, it's funny because uh, the the biggest downside for me of the whole race team ownership experience is that I don't get to I don't get to be there as often as I would like because of the baseball stuff. So, um, you know, in a couple more years, once I wind down the baseball career, then I can be there more full time. I'll probably end up getting a, a small place to live down there in Austin. My wife likes it there, um, and then uh, you know I'll be able to be there and do more events you know more full-time stuff and with our shop being there um and it's a, such a great location for the series because we have a, there's a lot of races in the midwest there's a lot of races on the east coast there's a couple races on the west coast so being centrally located in texas like helps us out a lot if we were just in southern california to get all the way to daytona would be a real pain in the butt, but um it's it's it you know it, it trims the cost down a little bit i guess mileage wise
2: Hey, hey, CJ. This is Jonathan. I'm calling in from Auckland.
1: So, I'm, so this is like a future call because it's tomorrow. <laughs> Sorry,
0: so. it's, from, it's tomorrow, Sunday, <laughs> it, is, it is. a. It is a call for the future.
2: No, I can't ask the question. I'm down here with a bunch of uh, youngsters who are all trying to be uh, single seater hopefuls and racing drivers of the future. Very much, uh, and this is you know they've dedicated their lives to. it. I can't ask the question. Being from the no professional soccer player I've ever heard of. Turning his hand to motor racing, um, the flip of a button, because that's what it sounds like. You've done it so kind of um, effortlessly. How how seriously were you were you taken when you when you showed up to try to go racing?
1: You know, I, I think the the good thing is I started where those kids are. That's the what's the series called down there in New Zealand? The the single seater series. It's the Toyota Racing Series. Yeah, single right. So I was actually told when I'm done with baseball to go down there and compete in that series myself as a driver, you know, um, because that's such a good development opportunity. So I'm trying to – I haven't talked to my wife about it yet, but I think the the sell is going to be, hey, okay, I'm (laughs) retiring. Let's take the kids, you know, and go down there for a month and a half, go drive around New Zealand. It'll be like Lord of the Rings with race cars. It'll be great. Um But yeah, that's exactly you know, I, what it is. I, I, we would love. Professional baseball player in the series, I can assure you. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. But the thing is, like, I started at the very bottom. You know, I mean, I started. I did some track days, and then I went to the racing schools, and I worked my way up from the skip barber series to you know doing uh, endurance racing and sports cars, and then kind of working my way up to the point where I sort of stalled for a while, and I wasn't doing a lot um, because there was just nothing for me to do. I was. My skill level had gotten to the point where I was a really, really, really good amateur, but I wasn't, you know, at that pro level yet. And until the last probably year or so when I've taken it more seriously again, I've been been able to do more track days and just drive faster cars and stuff. And then, so when I get in the car, I don't embarrass myself. I don't crash into people. And I think that helps a lot. You know, I I have a good driving record um, (laughs) in the race series that I'm in. So, you know, because if I was that guy that like spins out on the first lap and then runs into the flag station... I think they'd be like, Oh
0: God, here he comes again. But, um, here comes that baseball because, player. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Or that guy that jumps into the series way in over his head. Like if I just, yeah. like, Oh, Hey, you know what? Let's do Indy lights right out of the gate. People would be like, what is this idiot doing? <laughs> but the, there's a lot of people that try to sell that to you as as a athlete or as a, you know, financially able guy. I'll say, people are like, Hey, come run Daytona 24 hours in a GTLM car. I'm like, why the hell would I do that? Like, that's going to cost a fortune. I'm not going to do that. (laughs) So um, I'd rather work my way up like I have, you know, in the Miatas and the single seaters and stuff and, and start in the smaller things. And then, you know, once it's time for me to jump into a F 2000 car or a GT3 cup car or something, I can handle it because I've, I've driven all the way up to that level, you know? And that's the biggest thing. A lot of people, they see it as like, Oh, here comes some jerk going to buy his way into the series. I'm like, well, Hey, how do you guys think racing works? I mean, hello. It's like, that's, that's kind of how it is, you know, even in F1, but, um, you know, I just try to respect the process and by having the team, I get to learn more about the business side of it. And that's given me a much deeper respect for how difficult it is for the, the tracks, the series, the sponsors, the drivers, everybody, you know, because I have to interact with all those people as the owner, um, and try to find a way to make everything work and promoting the stuff is really, really fun. I lied. I really like the business side of it. Um, and, you know, it's just, it's racing is in my blood. My, my dad was on a pit crew when I was a kid, so I've just always been around it. And, you know, I just, I'll never get tired of it, I don't think. So that's the, that's the, that's the long answer. But I think people, people respect the fact that I've worked my way up from the bottom and not just jumped in midstream somewhere way over
0: my head. Well, CJ, I want to connect it back to Jonathan because what you said about the Toyota Racing Series—we're going to talk about that in the next segment—but I love that you that you know about it and that you understand what it's all about because it's this amazing series where you get a you get a whole season in like a month, and so Jonathan, talk about that a little bit and how what how what CJ is saying and how that relates.
2: Well, there's no question this. 12th year of the Toyota Racing Series, and um, it's, a, uh, you know, obviously they're all identical cars um, uh, promoted by Toyota in New Zealand effectively with a Corolla engine um, and it, it, you know, over 200 horsepower, uh, slicks and wings, and for many of the guys in the series, they're taking on cars for the first time coming out of go-karts. So this really is entry-level, although it's a very, very competitive and technical car. Uh, and a beautiful car to look at as well. Um, but it's been so successful. I, I mean, you know, it's, it's great to hear CJ both uh, has heard of it and is interested in it. Because a lot of racing drivers now are really looking at this series. It's growing. It used to be like the, you know, the Kiwis taking on the world uh, in a winter and it harps back to the 50s and 60s of the Tasman series um, when the likes Mm -hmm. of Sterling Moss and Jim Clark used to come over. But now it's changed, and and it really is the the ultimate tune-up place. Uh, Ollie Rowland, who is the... 3.5 3.5 uh, champion from Great Britain this year. He's here looking after one of the Indian drivers, and he said he's seriously thinking of coming here to get ready for his GP2 season. We've got a GP2 driver in Artem Markoloff, who's the teammate to Kiwi uh, Mitch Evans, who's been, you know, in GP2 for a couple of years now. He's here. so it really is suddenly growing in status to be uh, a really world. Championship. You mentioned Earl Bamba before and how helpful he was to Will Hardiman. Well, Earl Bamba is a graduate of this series. That's where the Le Mans champion from New Zealand started.
1: Yeah, and you know, I was actually told about the series by Darren Cox, and he was talking to me about driving and stuff like that. And I was asking about the GT Academy, you know, when he was kind of running that program. And he said, you know, honestly, as a driver, you should go run the Toyota series down in New Zealand when you're done baseball and you have the time. Like because the amount of development you get and the density, and that's the hardest thing about the racing season, is that unless you're in NASCAR or F1, you're only racing 10 or 12 times all year, you know? And that's just, that's just not enough if you're a guy like me that is hungry and wants to develop. You know, I, I approach it as a lot of these kids do the same way, and I know this because I started with them in the Skip Barber series, that they're very serious. They've, they've gone from go-karts, now they're in formula cars, they want to race. They want to be professionals. They know that they need to get better, and I think that's the key. When you're racing single-seaters, uh, in, in especially a spec class like that, you know right away when you screw up on a lap. You know right away when you make a mistake because three dudes pass you in the corner. <laughs> and, you know, that type of, like, learning, it just opens your adrenaline glands up, and it opens your eyes up at a whole other level that you don't get – You know, if you're putting around in sports cars or doing track days or just, you know, things like that. If I had the time to do it right now, I'd be there right now doing it because I just think that as a driver, that's what I need more than anything is seat time. And if I can get all that seat time in a month, then that's just going to ramp up, you know, my entire driving level and my experience level so quickly, especially against all these guys that are really good. When I was in the Skip Barber series, I raced against um, Tristan Nunez, Spencer Piggott, Ashley Freiberg. Uh, Trent Hinman, I'm trying to think, uh, Felix Sorrales. Like, we were all in the same race class together. David Chang, who's in uh, Asian Le Mans series now. Um, so all these dudes were either in, like, Indy Lights or P2, or they've won a championship in GS or GT or something like that. And it's just amazing, like, to think that I was racing there with all these kids when they were younger, and they've continued to develop as a driver, and I've sort of stalled because of the baseball get- getting in the way. You know, so I was at the same level, as some of those guys and Felix and Spencer were way better than me, but you know, I could like race with them at some tracks that I knew a little bit better, but there it's like, so I think I have a, a little bit of talent, but the same work ethic that, that propelled me to be a baseball player that all these other kids that are racers have, because that's the only way you survive shifter carts and all this other stuff. So it's just, it's such a great form of competition, but I, I'm, I'm just hungry for that. You know, before I met my wife, um, I was considering moving to England and off-season to run the, winter, the the Renault Winter Series or something out there because, you know, for me, racing is just like the ultimate the ultimate thing that I want to do. But also I, I'm I'm okay getting my lunch handed to me as long as I'm improving, you know, because I know I can keep yeah. going and keep taking that beating like Rocky in the movie and it's like, <laughs>
0: I'm going to get up, you know,
1: and, and then try to improve. And that's the ultimate thing as a driver is if you keep getting better, then there's not a limit. So these guys like Earl Bamber they're so young and talented but if they keep improving then like who's going to stop him you know he's going to he's going to continue to be like like tom christensen or one of these guys that wins le mans seven or eight times you know, yeah it's gonna be awesome
0: well cj we we thank you for coming on the show uh i know you've got a, a a little bit more time for for baseball to get finished up before you can start your passion career in uh in sports car racing and and uh, i'd love to see you in that toyota racing series man get some open wheel time that'd be awesome
1: yeah, I'll be way too big for the car, I'm sure, but I, I got to go on a crash diet as soon as baseball's over and lose about 30 pounds because no one needs a 200 pound formula car driver. That's just, not, that's just not necessary.
0: All right, well, CJ, when you're in Austin, look us up. I know that the team's here, and I know you you spent some time here, so uh, we'd love to, uh, live, love to meet you in person. Of course, we'll see you at Dakota.
1: Yeah, definitely. Thanks a lot.